message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, so we get to the final chapter in the book of James. So if you've got a Bible with you, uh, be it an old school printed version like uh, Paul and I, or whether we've got, you've got a phone, you've let me down this morning. You have, Paul hasn't brought his Bible. Goodness me. Oh, oh dear. The world has ended. Shock horror. Well, maybe I'm the only one with one of these. Tim, yeah, and Jenny, well done, both, and a few others at the back there. Excellent, I can see another one at the back there. So whether you've got it on your phone or you've got your printed version, turn please to James chapter 5, we'll read it together, then we'll pray and then we'll get into the passage. James 5, verse 1. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You've fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord comes, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else, All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you'll be condemned. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Let's pray together. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us. Um, we pray now as we spend these moments looking at it together that you would teach us, help us to understand what we've read. And God, we pray that you would apply it to our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we've got to the final passage, the final chapter in our journey through the book of James. And uh, there's enough here for, I was going to say several hours preaching. I'm thinking of several weeks preaching. So uh, I'm not going to be preaching for hours. I know that you want to get to the picnic after church. Forgot to mention that earlier. There will be a picnic after church on the field just over there. So I know that your tea sandwiches are starting to get warm in the lunchbox. So you don't mean to go for hours. So I'm going to skim over this passage. But there is stuff almost in, you know, in every verse, literally every verse there that we could spend a long time on. So I'm going to break it down into the different sections. And the first few verses might be headed, don't get caught up in riches. Don't get caught up in, ri in riches. Now, money in and of itself, just by itself, isn't a root of evil. But Scripture is very clear that the love of money certainly is a root of evil. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know what? It's easy to get caught up in this, isn't it? It's easy to get preoccupied by you know, what we're earning or saving or, or, or planning for, and suddenly it becomes all-consuming almost without realizing it. But there's a warning here that James has for us, a warning not to get caught up and consumed by it. It's often said that the, the three big temptations that certainly hit Christian leaders and, and maybe all Christians are money, sex, and power. And the first one, the money one, is a biggie. So James warns us here not to get obsessed by it, not to get caught up in it, not allow it to eat into our hearts, but actually to make sure we prioritize and are focused on what is really important and what God has for us. And then the next few verses, we might... Uh, take some lessons about being patient. Who needs to learn a lesson about being patient this morning? Some of you are jabbing the person next to you going, you need to learn a lesson about being patient. <laughs> I, I do. I, I know many of us. Many of us do. And it's no easy instruction just to say, be patient. You think, oh, yeah, I, I know that, but sometimes it's tough to actually do it, to actually put it into practice. Be patient then, brothers and sisters. James says, until the Lord's coming. Actually puts it in context of being patient, waiting for Jesus to return, because the Bible is clear, he will return. We just don't know when, what the day is, or what the hour is. I guess we would all recognize that we live in that sort of instant culture, don't we? And the microwave culture, you might describe it as, you know what, we want everything instantly. But the Bible makes it clear sometimes we need to wait. We need to be patient. We need to allow God to, to work in those times. 
Just as a farmer has to wait patiently for the crops to appear, we need to wait patiently sometimes for what God has spoken to us about. And certainly to wait patiently for the return of Jesus. Patiently, but not passively. Being alert, being watching, understanding what God is doing around us. I wonder what God is, what is God doing around you? You might feel that you're waiting for something this morning. You might think, I'm trying my best to wait patiently, asking God for, to help me with that. Uh, my question to you is, what is God doing in, in the waiting time? As you're waiting patiently, trying to be obedient to Scripture, now what's God doing? What's he saying to you? What's he teaching you as you wait? There's a bit here about perseverance, isn't there? About persevering through, through tough times. And, and I guess that's been a theme of ours over recent months, hasn't it? We've, we've spoken on many, many occasions about perseverance and about keeping on, keeping on and being faithful. And James talks about it again here. You know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. Have you persevered over these last 16 or 18 months? I know many of you who have persevered through tough situations, difficult circumstances, trying times that were unexpected. But as you've persevered, God blesses and God has been with you. James reminds us that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Is there a hallelujah to that? I think there is. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Maybe some of you today will need to hear that afresh. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. He really is. We get an instruction here too in, in verse 9 about not grumbling. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged, James says. Now, to be fair, I, I don't think Jubilee is a particularly grumbling church. You know, I, I've known some churches over, over the time that, you know, there's a lot of grumbling. I, I don't think Jubilee is a particularly grumbling church. But we do need to hear this, nevertheless, not to grumble against one another. You know, the Bible gives us some fairly specific instructions. In Matthew 5, in, in Matthew 18, Jesus himself tells us what to do in the sort of situations where we might be tempted to grumble. Matthew 5, 23 says, If your brother or sister has something against you, go and sort it out. Matthew 18, 15, these are my paraphrases, uh, says if you have something against your brother or sister, you go and sort it out. Do you notice the similarity there? Either way, the onus is on you to sort it out. Whether they've got something against you or you've got something against them, either way, Matthew 5 or Matthew 18, either way, the onus is on you to take the initiative. You can't say, well, I'm just waiting for them to sort it and I'm going to grumble until they do. That's not an option that the Bible gives us. The instruction that Jesus himself gives us very specifically and very clearly is, either way, you go. Either way, you take the initiative. Either way, you sort it out. 
So the onus is on each of us, dear friends, to always to take the initiative to put right any relationship, any grumbling that might occur, any confusion, issue, question, upsettedness. That's a word, probably isn't, but you know what I mean. Don't grumble, but sort it out in that loving and gracious way that Scripture encourages us to do. You know, I'm very aware that the last 16, 18 months or so has not been normal in any way, shape or form. Every part of life has been turned upside down and back round again and back to front. And, you know, we've, we've faced many challenges. I know you all have. That's true for us individually, as families, and true for us as a church as well. And those sort of pressures, those sort of challenges can lead to grumbling. But friends, let's not become a grumbling church. As we begin to work out what it means to meet together inside again and face some differences about that, I think, well, how does it quite work? And it's not quite how it was. And do I need to do this or that? And what's with these masks anyway? And all these sort of questions that I know are going to come up. Let's, let's not fall into the trap of becoming grumbly. But rather, let's put things right. Let's take responsibility where we need to. Take initiative where we need to. Let's, as the Bible tells us, to love one another, honour one another, to prefer one another, to bear with one another, to love each other deeply, to serve one another, and so on. Get the gist. It's good instructions here, isn't it? Like we said right at the beginning of James, this is a practical letter. It's really practical instructions for the Christian life. And the last chapter here is no exception. So we get to the final section here where, where James says, is it from verse 13 through to the end of the chapter, are you in trouble? He says, is anyone in trouble? What do you do? Let them pray. What about if you're happy? Are you happy this morning? Then what do you do? You, you sing songs of praise. Well, we, we've done that this morning, haven't we? What about if you're sick? Well, if any of you are sick, then, okay, what do you do? You, you call the elders of the church to pray and anoint them with oil. Again, there's some really practical instructions and it's if you're in trouble pray if you're happy praise and pray if you're sick then call the elders to pray actually whatever situation you're in there is an appropriate spiritual response that comes from our heart that God wants to encourage and actually each, each time there's an element of prayer here isn't there if you're in trouble, you pray. If you're happy, you praise and pray. Undoubtedly, if you're sick, you call for the elders to, to come pray. I wonder, is prayer your default response to whatever situation you're in? We all know it should be. Most of us have heard countless preachers about it over many years. <laughs> but is it your default response to go to prayer? That's what James is encouraging us here. And there are a number of things to note, particularly when it comes to prayer for healing. And that's just where I want to finish this morning. Now, this is not called the midwife. It's called the elders. That's what James is saying here. And there are a number of things for us to, to note about that. 
So firstly, number one, it's not instead of medicine. He's not saying to ignore medical expertise, doctors, nurses, other specialists. No, no. We should be grateful to God for medical expertise, particularly in these last 18 months. We have been very grateful to God for medical expertise, for professionals and knowledgeable people who have given their you know, hours and hours and lives to to doing things over these last few months that have saved undoubtedly many, many people. This is God's common grace given to all mankind. So this is not despised medicine, okay? Really, really clear. And while we're talking about medication, my personal belief is that the vaccination for COVID is a good thing. So unless there are medical reasons you shouldn't be having it that you've discussed with your your GP, then my encouragement to you would be to have it and be grateful to God for it because of the provision that he's given us. But you know, healing is part of New Testament church life. You You can't read through the New Testament and fail to be impacted by what you see about God breaking in and healing. Whether it's in the Gospels where, where Jesus is healing the sick or the disciples or whether through the New Testament accounts through the letters or in Acts, you, time and again you're, 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 you're seeing accounts of God breaking in supernaturally and healing. It's, it's part of everyday New Testament life. And any of us and all of us who know the Lord should be able to pray for the sick and pray for healing. It is not a specialist ministry. There's some instructions here about uh, the church community and elders and stuff, but elsewhere in the Bible, it makes it really clear that any of us can pray for one another. So don't think we're subcontracting this out just to elders. We're not at all. We all get to pray. We all get to pray. Even in verse 16, James himself says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so you might be healed. We can all pray for each other. But having said that, there is a specific ministry of elders that James talks about here. There are a number of things that elders are called to do in terms of leading and, and governing a local church community. And one of these things is to respond when someone is sick and calling for, for prayer. And do you notice here, I always find this, this fascinating, that if anyone among you is sick, verse 14, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Do you notice where the initiative comes from? It's not from the elders, it's from the sick person. Hey, can you come and pray? Now, it wouldn't have been picking up the phone in James's time, um, but, it, you know, the, the, the implication to us is... To, the sick person to make the call. And I think in that there is an expression of faith. Even if the faith might be tiny, just mustard seed-like, if you're sick, there is something about you taking initiative of making the call, saying, hey, can you come pray? Anoint with oil. Exactly how it works is a mystery to us. But it does seem that there is something in it. So if you're sick, if you're unwell, yes, you can get anybody to pray for you. And of course, any believer can can pray for you in the name of the Lord. But 
there is something too about calling the elders to, to come pray, anoint with oil. And, and the anointing with oil is the, a sign of the Holy Spirit's presence. That's why we do that. And also, do you notice there is an expectation of healing? It's not just get the elders to come pray so they can you know, they feel a bit better, feel loved by them, and think, oh, that was nice and that was sweet. They came to pray for me in my sickness that I've still got. You know, there is an expectation here of healing. There is an expectation of God moving powerfully. And when we finish, as we're going to in, in a few moments, we're going to offer to pray for the sick because you can't look at a passage like this and go, well, that was nice. Off we go to the picnic. Now listen, if you're sick this morning, if you're watching online and you're ill, I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if you're here on the field at Ridgeway and you're sick this morning, we want to give an invitation in a few moments for you to receive prayer. And you might go, well, but I haven't called the elders. Listen, your call to the elders will be walking up over here. That's your, I'm going to make the walk. I'm going to show some initiative. That's your response, if you like, to calling elders this morning. So there is an expectation of healing. There is an expectation that, that James has clearly, and we should have also, that God can break in and he heals. This, friends, is not just nice prayer time. This is miracle time. Amen? It really is. And it's also clear in this passage, before we finish, that there seems to be sometimes a link between sickness and sin. There isn't always, to make it really clear, there is not always a link, but sometimes it seems there is. Jesus in John chapter 9 warned about making too strong a link between sickness and sin. But then in Mark 2, he also said that the, the two go hand in hand. So it seems even in Scripture, sometimes there is. But we can't say and mustn't say that there always is. The Bible doesn't allow us to make that link that strong. But sometimes it seems that there is, even if it's not clear. You know, sometimes it's obvious, isn't it? Sometimes it's really clear. You know, you've got a broken leg because you were drunk and driving your car and crashed it. There's a pretty obvious link there between sin and sickness. But sometimes it's not so obvious and sometimes it's not clear and sometimes we just don't know. But we must not assume that there is always that link. But certainly there is sometimes. And that's why James is saying, well, confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Get forgiven and get healed. Finally, in verse 19, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. If this morning you're on the edge of walking away, if you're on the sort of precipice of like, I'm done with this, I want to urge you and encourage you, don't walk away, but rather return. And you might think, oh, but you don't know what I've done, Graham, you know what's happened, you don't know my history and story, I don't, but I do know this. I know that God is faithful and that he is forgiving and loving and gracious. 
And so if this morning you're on the verge of thinking, oh, I'm just going to walk away. I'm just done with this. I don't get it anymore. I don't understand. And I, 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 I don't know. I want to urge you and encourage you not to walk away. Whether that be you're here this morning in the field or you're watching online. Maybe even this morning you're watching online thinking, well, I'm just going to give it one more shot and see if God speaks. I want to urge you and encourage you this morning. Remember that God is good and he is gracious and that he loves you. And if you're here this morning in the field and need to hear that, remember that too. God is loving and gracious and kind and forgiving and wants you to return to him. So listen, before we head off for a picnic in the adjacent fields, like I said, it would be wrong to have a preach like this and not pray for healing. And so we're going to do two things now. Firstly, if you're watching online, in a moment I'm going to, and you're sick, I'm going to pray for you right now. And if you're watching on our um, online church platform and you can do the live chat thing, you might want to do that and have somebody chat and pray with you. That, that's absolutely fine. But you can do that in a moment after I've prayed. And then when we've done that, then um, uh, Rachel and the band are going to come back up and we're, we're going to finish the, the live stream bit. But as we sing our final song together, if you are sick this morning and would like to receive prayer, then I'm going to ask you to come forward, not in this bit here, but rather over at the side. And then we're going to anoint with oil and pray for you. But in order that we can do that in what we feel is a right and appropriate and safe way, I want to ask you to wear a mask. And if you haven't got one, don't worry. Tim has a box full of them just there. And he'll be over here as well. You can grab a mask. And we'll wear a mask as well. And uh, we'll sanitize our hands between each person. And then we'll anoint with oil and pray for you. Is that okay? So we're trying to, all restrictions of, you know, of lifting us. So we can do this legally, but we want to do it safely and appropriately as well. So we'll wear a mask. You can wear a mask. We'll sanitize hands and anoint with oil and pray and expect God to break in. Does that make sense? Have I explained that well enough practically? Have you got that? Yeah. So listen, can we stand together if you're here in the field? Oh, band, you can come back up, please. And I want to pray first for any watching online. So listen, this morning, if you're watching us online and you are sick, then I want to pray for you right now. And those of us gathered in the field, you just be praying and asking God to meet anybody who's watching online and who is sick this morning. But listen, if you're watching us online today, you are sick, then I want to encourage you to put your hand on the, the area of your body that hurts or is in pain or where the sickness is and I want to pray and ask God to break in and so Lord Jesus I, I thank you that you love to heal thank you that we read scripture of you, you healing the sick thank you that you've commanded us to, to pray for the sick to, to heal the sick in your name and so I want to pray right now for anybody watching online who is sick this morning any pain any discomfort any illness I pray for your healing to come in Jesus name God I pray for any pain to go right now in Jesus name I, I speak to sickness and say sickness go in Jesus name any illness, go in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for your healing to come. Holy Spirit, would you be at work now? Any 
anybody watching this live stream in sick, in pain, bring healing now in Jesus' name. And I want to encourage you, if you're maybe you had you know, pain in your shoulder, for example, and couldn't raise your, your arm, then try. See, see if you can do what you couldn't do. If this is something you're taking medication for, let me be clear. Don't just stop it. But if you feel God has done something, then go see your GP. Go make the call tomorrow. Phone them and say, look, can we talk about medication and just get some tests done maybe. Don't just throw the tablets out. You need to be wise and sensible here. But also expect God to do something because we have a God who loves to do something and loves to heal. So, Father, I want to pray right now that you would bless anybody watching today. You would bring healing in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're watching online and you feel God's done something, we would love to know about it. So maybe you can put it in the chat or send us a private message or be in touch with us through the church office. We would love to know if you prayed this morning and you feel God's done something. We'd love to celebrate that with you. But for those of you on the field here this morning, we're going to sing one more song together. But if you are sick today and would like to receive prayer, then can I ask you to head over to that side? So be away from the cameras. It's not going to be on, on the stream or anything. But head over there, and there'll be some of us gathered ready to pray for you, anoint with oil, and be obedient to what Scripture says. To call the elders, they'll pray for you and anoint you with oil. We're going to do that this morning. Is that okay? That's the plan. So let's worship and sing. Sorry, I messed your microphone up. I apologize. Uh, let's worship, sing, and uh, we're going to head over there and pray. So you might think, how do I make the call? Listen, you're making the call. He's making the walk this morning, okay? Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk.